Hey, Courtney. Hey, girl. So we just had the best little chitty chat with our first guest, Lacey Evans. Now, Lacey Evans has 2.5 million followers on TikTok, 604,000 on Instagram. She's a hilarious farmer from Ohio and a podcast extraordinaire. She's a big deal. She is a big deal. And she, yeah, she's a hoot. Like, that's why we wanted her on because she makes us laugh so hard. She is so authentic. If you guys aren't following her, get on that train and also enjoy this conversation we have with her. You'll get to know her a little bit more. But we wanted to give you a full disclosure that... Yes. I will not (laughs) be participating in the conversation as much. We had some technical difficulties. I could not hear them a lot of the time. So we just are going to roll with it. It's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) Yeah. Just have to deal with it. But yeah, please enjoy Lacey Evans. Look at us. Look at us. We're just a couple of rural gals trying to create community and entertain. I'm Courtney. And I'm Annalise. And we're Egg's most okayest farm girls. Grab a drink. We're here to help. All right, Lacey, welcome to the podcast. I know. I'm so excited. We are so excited for you to be here. We want to talk all things social media today, and we thought there's like nobody better to have on Egg's Most Okayest Farm Girls than Lacey because you have a huge following, and I feel like you are one of us. Like You don't exactly have it all figured out, but you're doing it. You know, we take it day by day. You know, (laughs) just every day we just try to do our best. That's what we go for, you know? Yes. First things first. Do you call yourself an influencer? So I don't really get offended by all the verbiage. I feel like some content creators, influencers are like, don't call me. An-. Like, and I'm like, you have a following. And I, I want to influence people. I would like to be a positive influence. So I really don't care what people call me. I don't, content creators fine, influencers fine. It doesn't affect me. I think, I definitely understand that some people have a bad connotation of influencer because they think like LA douchebag vlogging in a target of a poor family who didn't want to be filmed. But that's still like, I, I take influencer as I am influencing a demographic and I take that positively. So I really don't care what people call me. I love that because I sometimes get called the term influencer and it's just weird. Like, am I? But I mean, like you just said, like I am influencing my community, my people, those around me. So that's a good way to put it. That makes me feel a little better about it. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I definitely struggled with when, like, what's the threshold? Like how many followers do I need to have before I'm an influencer? But I think that that's just kind of silly too. I mean, you can be an influencer at any size. There's people who can be douchey about it again. But yeah, I think you can be an influencer any size. And I don't think it has to be bad. You get to decide how you take words that people throw at you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, love it. So like, obviously, we know who you are. We've been following you. We love you. Um, But for those that might be listening and don't know Lacey yet, give us the rundown of who you are, where you're at, what you do. I am Lacey Evans. I am 27. And I live in Southern Ohio on my family farm. We have a very unconventional farm because I grew up very involved in FFA and 4-H. So I showed cattle my whole life. And so we just had very friendly cows because of that. And we bred them to have a calf crop so that we didn't have to buy calves every year. So all our cows are friendly and we've never used them for milk or meat. And so it's kind of interesting for people to see not only the very friendly cows, but then the aspect that we just keep them for funsies. But I do run into issues then because then people assume I'm a sanctuary and I'm not. I eat beef. I support the beef industry. I support the agriculture industry heavily. 
So that can be a little dicey. That's kind of, I just, I randomly decided to start making videos. I always wanted, a lot of people don't know because I never said it. I always was like, I'm going to be a large animal vet. And that was true. I went to undergrad for vet school, but I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian and I just never thought I could do it because we live in the middle of nowhere. And I was like, there's no way. Now I get to combine them. And that's really freaking dope. Yeah. That's awesome. For one, you should be a stand-up comedian. You could totally do it. (laughs) I think you're hilarious. I've started because you have your own podcast as well that you just started and it is a hoot. Anytime somebody's like, Annalise, what are you listening to that'll like make you laugh? I'm like, the feral cow bitch. Go listen to this podcast. (laughs) It's so good because you are, yeah, you're so yourself and just have a way with words. It's really the only podcast (laughs) I actually listen to. Because I get so bored with like, like it has to be entertaining for me because everything else just bores me. That's fair. I was definitely nervous because I was like, are people going to want to listen to me for an hour? Like, I don't know. I always thought I had to have a podcast host. I was like, I can't do this by myself. I have really enjoyed it and people are enjoying it. So I'm very excited. I like it. I'm, I love being a little podcaster. (laughs) Yeah. I love your dating stories. They're just (laughs) top notch. Chaotic. It makes me so thankful because we're both, Courtney and I are both married. God bless. We're a little bit older than you because I cannot imagine dating in the world you are living in. That is, it is bonkers. It's so bad. It's so bad. And I think that's why I have so much fun with it because I feel like when I talk about it, people are just like, oh, it can't be that bad. And I'm like, let me give you all of the evidence here because it really be that bad out here. So your podcast is going great, but then you're also... Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Is that right? I do Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and then I have YouTube, but I'm not as good on YouTube. I really struggle with what kind of content I want to put there. So I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do for YouTube fully. Which one's your favorite? Like, do you have one that you're primarily on where you're like, the people are over here is where I want to be? Instagram. I like Instagram more, but TikTok pays. TikTok and Facebook pay. Instagram doesn't pay unless it's brand deals, which is really annoying. But Instagram is my favorite platform for sure. Yeah. Like, Courtney, do you agree that people over there are just... Everybody's nice. Yeah. I tend to like only engage on Instagram. Like I post everywhere, but I really, which is unfortunate that they don't pay us shit. I know they used to. That was, that was so cool. And then they were just like, oh, we don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, you, Mm. (laughs) because they know we'll still keep doing it too. (laughs) I know. Cause I'm like, well, I'm going to keep growing my platform because whatever. Yeah. I feel like Facebook, I just get creepy old men and people from foreign countries that want jobs. And my target audience is like women, fellow women in agriculture or women in general who want to learn about dairy farming. Like, I'm not here to offer you a job. I am not here to get a sugar daddy. Like, back (sighs) off. Yeah. Facebook, I literally, the only reason I started posting on Facebook is because I saw the money opportunity and I was like, I need to really branch out because this is my full-time job. I literally just started posting on Facebook and I post and then I dip. I don't look at shit (laughs) because I know that Facebook can be a cesspool. So I I just post and then I leave. (laughs) That's all I do. My strategy is pretty similar with Facebook. Yeah. That's, I I, I don't interact at all. Yeah. So speaking of monetizing, that kind of brings us into another thing we wanted to pick your brain about. What are all the ways you monetize? I make money from TikTok views and then from Facebook views. I get paid the like the rate per whatever. It's like RPM. I do brand deals. I have a manager that I do some brand deals here and there. I don't do too many, but I do enjoy them. Um, and I like working with good companies that I actually you know want to work with. And then I have a business. 
uh, that I run. And that is my most consistent income and what I really like to do the most because that is the most like set in stone. I can have my business without my social media and I can almost monetize my podcast. So that's exciting. That is exciting. We're still learning like what the hell we're doing. So that's our goal too. (laughs) I get it. It's Back to your business, do you want to just drop that a little bit? Like, what's the business? So it's Heifer Please Co. I originally created it because people kind of wanted the, like, classic merch, the, like, influencer to merch pipeline, essentially. But I didn't want to just go with a company, slap snow on a shirt and sell it. I wanted to build an entire brand. I have apparel. I have plushies of my cows. I have more canvases coming in because I take really nice photos of my cows and like I make them into canvases and just kind of all kinds of stuff. And I also do in-person shows because I bought an enclosed trailer and I turned it into a really cute little boutique type thing. So I also go to shows on top of being online as well. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know if you know this about our friend Courtney over here, but she's a little bit of an artiste. Ooh. I did see some of your stuff on your Instagram. Yes. I'm hoping someday I can just sell prints online of my artwork, get that going. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Well, any questions you have, I always love sharing small business stuff and I will give you all of my stuff. I There's no gatekeeping here. I will literally tell you every vendor that I use pricing. You got it. Awesome. I love that. I'm going <laughs> to take you up on that. You can yeah. pick my I need brain. all the Absolutely. help I can get. <laughs> I built my own website. I'm a dumbass and I built a website. That's always what I tell people because they're like, I just don't know. I'm like, you can, I did it. You look at me. I did. It. I built a whole website. You can do it too. I promise. Right. Yeah. Gatekeeping. That's another thing that I think makes you so authentic and makes people want to follow you and engage with you because you don't gatekeep shit. Like you tell everybody everything and you tell it like it is and you're just always yourself. When did you start sharing online and what was your initial goal and what kind of have you kind of learned along the way and what's your goal now? TikTok was my first platform that I ever like blew up on and built a following. Me and my best friend originally downloaded TikTok because our favorite thing to do was to watch TikTok cringe compilations on YouTube. And so and like that was in like 2019. And we were like, we got to see what this shit's about. So we downloaded TikTok. We actually started to realize that once it had really merged from Musical.ly to TikTok, it had more of like a Vine energy and there was actually a lot of fun content on there. So I just would watch. And then me and my best friend are absolutely idiots. And we do a lot of stupid stuff. And I had a bunch of random videos saved from memories of us and like silly stuff I'd post on my Snapchat. Because if you were my Snapchat friend before TikTok, you saw my TikToks because I would do dumb shit with the cows and I would just put it on my Snapchat story for like a hundred of my friends to see. I My first username was like, I think I'm funny with like 17 whys because I didn't want to put, I just was like nervous of what people would think and you know, all that stupid stuff. So I just posted random silly Snapchat stories, all that stuff. And then March of 2020, right before the Panini Press took in, I posted a video of snow. And I really honestly, I know everyone's like, I didn't expect to go viral, but it literally was a video that I thought only other ranchers would understand because I'm just sitting next to her and I'm like, snow, you're going to have your baby in the nice warm barn, not out here in the cold, right? And then I made it look like she was shaking her head in agreement. I just asked dumb questions like that and shook her head yes or no. And I was like, only other people who have animals would get this. But no, it blew up. And then Snow became the next April the Giraffe. Everyone was so invested in her pregnancy. And they were like, we need to see this baby. And so I just built from there. And I also had my bottle baby Oswald at the time. So I was like, you guys love this girl. Wait till you get a load of this little guy. It just, it snowballed from there. And then now here we are. (laughs) 
Yeah. Yes. That's, that was yeah. one of my like major questions. Was there a moment in particular that was a jumping off point for your social media growth? So it sounds like mm-hmm. making snow nod her head was like a great content idea. Mm-hmm. Get you started. That was a video that everyone just lost their minds over. And there has been a couple other like really pivotal moments of my social media career, but that was the first jump. Like that was, I think I went to bed and woke up with like 20,000 followers and I was like, what the hell? <laughs> nice. <laughs> Courtney, did you have a moment like that when you started your social media journey? Well, I started on one account and then I had to, it got hacked. Unfortunately, I got up to like 35K um, and then I had to redo it. So yes, like there are probably a handful of videos that really like took off. Yeah. For me, it was like I've been sharing online since I don't know, it's been 10 or 11 years, but I had shared a post about antibiotics and how like our cow had mastitis and, you know, we wanted her to get better and get healthier. And so we were going to give her these antibiotics antibiotics and just talked about how we don't like use them willy nilly. You know, it's not to cover up anything or prevent something to happen. Like we use them if and when warranted. And that post just went wild. But it's because it was like a controversial topic, right? And you talk about it. And then all of a sudden, yeah, I woke up in the morning and I was like, whoa, where'd these people come from? Exactly. Mm -hmm. I kind of hate that like A lot of my videos, it takes like controversy to actually blow up. Mm -hmm. I just want to have fun out here. (laughs) Controversy or like showing a little leg or, you know, like just stupid stuff. It's never the stuff you want. No. Yeah. It's never the videos that you want to go viral that usually go viral. It's usually really like just ones you're like, this one, really? Like, this is what got you guys? Uh Okay. Yeah. So your goal in the beginning, I think, was just to kind of have fun. Do you have a goal, a strategy? Like, you know, what's your kind of why behind your social media? In the beginning, I think it was a lot of just having fun. And then the more I gained a following, the more I realized that I got to do that. I had a really cool opportunity to take people who normally have no idea what goes on in the ag industry, no idea what cattle even look like, to be honest. I got to make it a fun way to learn because you can see the cute, fluffy cows. You're like, oh my God, look how like calm and chill that cow is. This is crazy. But then I also was able to teach things about cattle, about the industry. And it's been really cool because I've actually, there's been a couple Reddit threads that I've seen where somebody will be talking about like, like this baby is just, they're weaned and I don't know, blah, blah, blah. And I literally, there's comments that are like, I watched this one girl on TikTok named Farmer Lacey. And she said that you actually do need to wean calves because at six months, they're plenty big. And then they're a nuisance to their mother because they're hitting her bag and they're depleting her of all her energy. And I'm like, that's right that's what i'm talking about like it's so crazy to think because i think on the surface my videos seem very goofy because i'm just a very i just i'm just an idiot all the time like i just kind of do whatever at my core i do have a purpose and i really enjoy that people get to learn something from the videos and then also get to be entertained Mm -hmm. that's got to make you feel so good because something i've tried to keep in mind my whole advocacy journey is that like i want to change the world but i'm not I'm probably not going to change the world, right? But what if I can change the world for one person? Like if I can help one person think differently or do differently or, you know, whether that's about where their food and their dairy products come from or if it's a fellow farm woman like feeling like, oh, okay, I can get online and share my story or start this business or do this thing. Like that's a big deal. And that's what kind of continues to keep me sharing that. And like, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's a great creative outlet. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I absolutely love creating content. Me and my cousins would make videos when I was younger. It's crazy that I get to do it as a job. But yeah, it's just it's so funny to me how people sometimes will have like a bad connotation with influencing. And I get it. There are some shitheads on the internet for sure. But it is really cool when you get those comments that just hit you in the gut of like, damn, I am doing something. Like the one that will never not get me is I've had several people that are DMing me. They'll DM me like, you're who I want my daughters to watch. And I'm like, shit, don't do that to me. I'm like, I will cry like a little bitch. Don't you say that to me. Because I think that was something that's something that I noticed too. And I was I really realized it with last year, especially as I was like, I have healed my inner child by posting on the internet because I just know with my whole chest that 12 year old Lacey would think I'm so freaking cool. And that's just all I could ever want to do. I think social media, when you're doing it right, using it right, can be such an amazing thing. Like if you're following the right people, having fun and being inspired. And then if you're also like sharing yourself and your life in the right way, like it can be a place to really come out of your shell and be the person you want to be. But maybe you've been too scared to be in real life and and those around you who you feel like are judging you Mm -hmm. can be a great place if you're doing it right. But you got to like not be scared. That's what held me back 100%. I was so nervous of what my small town people would think and if they'd make fun of me or judge me and blah, 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 all that dumb shit. But yeah, you just can't care. You can't care what people think because everyone's going to have an opinion. None of them matter but yours. Like at the end of the day, it's like, okay, I like who I am. I like what I'm posting. So who gives a shit what random people in my town are going to say? Right. And clearly you've found your tribe. I hate that word, but you found your people. I mean, you have all these people that follow you and care about what you're putting out and enjoy your vibe and your personality. And that's what I always try to tell other people. Like, don't be scared. You're going to find your people. Like you may think you're dumb or whatever, but put it out there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The worst thing you can do is, I mean, it's not even failing honestly, if you don't gain a following, like that isn't the end all be all of social media. There's people with 100,000 followers on TikTok that still get brand deals and are still able to market themselves and work through things like it doesn't there's no specific number that's like, okay, here's where you make it. And this is when you can start doing this. And then once you hit this number, you are that like that that doesn't exist. Mm -hmm. Right. Did you have any other fears when you initially got started? I don't think so. I think the biggest hurdle that I had to jump over was just not caring what people were going to think and just posting whatever I wanted and posting what I do day to day. It ended up working in my favor because like I said, originally that's why my username was the I think I'm funny, not my actual name because I was nervous. And it's so silly to be nervous about it. But you know, at that time also, I was only like 23. (laughs) So it's very different. But yeah, it was just kind of getting over that hump. And then it was just once it started building and things started happening, I was like, oh no, full send now. We're going in. Yeah. Is that when you started this whole thing at like 23 years old? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was 23. That's awesome. Do you, are you like a fly by the seat of your pants gal or are you taking time to like, okay, before I try something new or post something, I'm going to research and figure it out. Or are you just like, let's go, we'll figure it out on the way. I like to have a plan most of the time. That's the anxiety in me. But I feel like with social media in the beginning, especially, I was kind of just doing whatever. I didn't really know like what direction fully to go and when to post all that jazz. Once it was like, oh, okay, I'm going to start a business. I was like, we, I need to know what I'm doing and before I get into it. And 
all of that aspect. And I still did fail a couple times. And that's why I'm always like, I will literally tell anybody anything when they're like, I want to start a small business. I'm like, don't do this because I did. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a little bit of mixture of both because I like to have a plan. I like to have structure, but I also definitely do have some moments where I'm just like, you know, what? screw it. I'm just going to send it and we'll see what happens. Yeah. That's always the content that does really well. Like Mm -hmm. that you just post, you're like, I might delete this later, but then it. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. You mentioned some failures. If Mm -hmm. you are cool with it, do you like, do you want to share them? Because I always think when you talk about those failures, it shows people like, hey, we don't all have it figured out. We don't all know what we're doing. You can learn from my mistakes. So like what didn't work for you? On the business side, I did not price things accordingly because, and I didn't really split my incomes because I had a full-time job at the time. And then I was also having this business and I started on Etsy. I was not realizing all of the fees that were coming out. So I really didn't price my stuff accordingly. And I really wasn't making any money at all in the beginning. (laughs) That was a big thing that I wasn't really looking at because I wasn't taking the time to physically have the separation of this was my business income. And then this was like my nine to five income. I was just kind of vibing and letting it all go about. I think another big thing was being scared to have a manager. Oh my God. It's so, if you find the right person, it can be just a beautiful relationship. And I think there's some bad connotation there. But like I said, if you find a good agency and a good person to be your manager, it is so good. And I feel like there's a lot of fear behind that because there's been a lot of negative stories with that kind of stuff. But I I waited too long, to be honest, (laughs) because once I got a manager, I was like, oh, So this is the money you can actually make from brand deals. Got it. So what are the negative stories? I'm just curious because I like this is all new to me. Oh, yeah, you're a manager. I had some friends that are in the social space that said that they just a lot of times you can have an agency that takes on too many clients. So then you're not getting brand deals at all. And you're just kind of in limbo because they usually have access to that email. So then you're not able to really advocate for yourself. I've heard of agencies that make you pay like a flat rate instead of taking a percentage of your brand deal money. And so then you can be paying up to like $5,000 a month, but you might not even make half that back in brand deals. Trying to think of my, I had one friend that told me specifically why he didn't really enjoy his management. And I think it was because they just, his manager, he got placed, just had so many clients that he just never, because that's the problem too, as an ag person, you really need somebody who is going to get you because sometimes people get nervous with ag because they're like, how can I sell this? Like, how can I pitch Lacey to these companies? But I'm fine. I mean, I literally have brand, I've done brand deals with vibrators. So like, you can do anything. <laughs> right. I love that. You spoke a little bit about your favorite DMs that you've gotten. Are there any comments or messages that you've gotten that just really make your blood boil? I have gotten pretty good about not really caring about people that are negative because I really just look at it from the perspective of I go my whole day scrolling, consuming all of it. And not once do I have to try to put somebody down. So it doesn't really bother me. I do get annoyed by the extreme vegans because I have a lot of lovely, amazing vegans that follow me and don't have to push their opinions down my throat and think that we can agree to disagree and coexist beautifully. And I think that's amazing. There are a lot of extremists who will not even let you have a conversation. It just comes in with such aggressive verbiage and it's ignorant as well. My biggest 
pet peeve is if you can't tell the difference between a dairy cow and a beef cow, you don't get to have an opinion. You don't. If you come into my comments saying I'm going to take this baby away from its mother for its milk and don't realize I have like beef cows, I do. your opinion means nothing to me. And that sounds really harsh, but that's what just aggravates me is these people work off of propaganda, not facts, not evidence, not even knowledge. They just work off of, I saw this one video. Like I'm like, do you, mm-hmm. do you realize farmers aren't billionaires, but you know who is? The CEO of PETA. How does that make any sense? Who do you actually think is advocating and taking care of animals correctly? The people who bust their ass to make normal money with one of the hardest jobs you can have when it comes to overhead and physicality and all that, or somebody who literally is profiting off of you crying to Sarah McLaughlin. For real. So when you get these kind of messages from vegan activists or people who are just like crazy negative, do you respond or do you just ignore? If they come from a place of genuinely curiosity, like if they're like, I'm just curious, can you explain? I 100% answer. But if it's you're such a terrible person for raping and murdering and killing. I block. There is no, I'm not wasting my energy on that because you have already made your assumption of who you think I am. I don't have to prove shit to you. You're not going to treat me like that because I'm another human being and I'm not going to allow somebody to talk to me that way that does not know me (laughs) at all. Right. And that's not going to go anywhere either. Like you're going to go back and forth and back and forth and it'll just ruin your night. So yeah. I don't, I don't have the energy. I don't have the energy. I don't have the capacity. I ain't doing it. <laughs> it's just a waste of time. You know, I've always said, like, I want to engage with people who genuinely want to learn, who mm-hmm. consume dairy products or animal products and want to, like, get to know their farmer. Then that's me. But, yeah, if you're just here to yell at me, no, I don't have time for that. That's exactly where I'm at. If you are willing to open your ears and listen and understand where I'm coming from, from my background in education, I will absolutely have a conversation with you 100%. And I can respect you and I can agree to disagree. But if you're going to come at me with a lot of just hot fire energy, I'm just going to block you because I don't have time. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I ain't doing it. And Mm -hmm. have you always had this kind of mentality about it or like the first time you ever got one of those messages what did you do how did you feel because I know for me it was definitely like it came with time like I grew a callus to it but the first time it happened I was like oh my god I think I actually I had the same energy because I think the one of the first ones I'm trying to think back four years and it's hard but I think one of the first ones was one of the like you know you're gonna steal those oh look how cute that baby is until you steal it away and take the milk from the mom and I remember just like making a video with the comment being like, you don't even know that this isn't a dairy cow. This is a beef cow. And you're going to come in here with your opinion. Because I that's been me from the jump. Like I said, I just, I can't fathom being so confident and then so ignorant at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is half those keyboard warriors, like they're the people that don't even have a profile picture, right? Like uh-huh. they don't even have the balls to put a picture of themselves up there, but then they're going to go write all this craziness. Like the amount of men who try to call me fat, but I could outwork them every day of the fucking week. Mm-hmm. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> and it's the fact that I'm literally not even that big too. <laughs> like it's insane to me that these men act like I'm 600 pounds. I work with cattle every day. And it's always funny because some people get like upset that I clap back and I'm like, no, you no, I can clap back anytime I want to. But I also have learned how to boss babe it. And the men haven't realized yet because every time I know if I sit by snow, men will have to tell me I'm fat. They have to. And it's the same joke every time. So it doesn't, I don't give a shit. If I was actually worried and hurt by a man thinking I'm unattractive, I would have left the internet a long time ago. It doesn't bother me because It's men who were never in my league to begin with 
They don't have a profile picture. They don't have videos. Their user 69432171. And also, if they do have a profile picture, they're usually also fat. And I'm like, what I won't stand for is fat and fat crime. <laughs> that is appalling. If you're going to call yes. my body out for being wrong, you better be a Greek god over there, my dude. Because if not, I'm coming back at you. Right? The worst part is like, if you want to clap back at someone and they turned off, like you cannot respond to their comment, like they turn off the comments. I'm like, you coward. Like, what the hell? And that's what like, I think it's so funny, though, that the, like people don't understand that I do it on purpose. I sit by snow on purpose. It's fully intentional because not only does the video do well, because a lot of people are like, oh, my God, that cow's so chill. She's so pretty. She's so big, blah, blah, blah. But then so many men come in with the same comment, cow on cow. Which one's the cow? Didn't know cows could talk. And it's so funny because that one, I have one snow video that got over 50 some million views on TikTok. That paid for my entire side by side because insecure <laughs> men had to call me fat. <laughs> so keep calling me fat babes. I would love to pay off my truck. Have you done a TikTok where you're like sitting in your side by side and like, hey, I just want to thank all you assholes out there. <laughs> I really should, honestly. I need to just pull up on it and be like, I'm going to get a decal for this bitch said paid for by insecure men. Yes! Y'all oh literally paid the whole fucking bill. You footed the whole bill for this 2022 Polaris Ranger. How's that <laughs> make you feel? <laughs> this is the content we need. I've told other people too, like even if a video gets a lot of negative feedback, like for me, it's primarily animal activists. What do they say? Bad press is good press. Like I end up with more followers. Like it's go ahead, engage, comment. Get pissed at me. I just end up better off for it. Yeah, literally that is the funniest thing to me. And it's so funny because a lot of my followers know it because I've brought it up multiple times because I'm like when tens of thousands of men are coming in to call me fat, they're just boosting the shit out of that video. And it's so funny to me that they comment on a video that has over 10 million likes thinking I'm going to be pressed that a man I wouldn't even look at is announcing he wouldn't fuck me. Like, I'm good. <laughs> I'm doing I'm doing just fine over on my Ranger. All right. We're doing great. <laughs> yes. And that's the attitude I feel like you have to have if you want to put yourself on the internet. Oh, just yeah. You have to have tough skin. Fuck yeah. And you have to realize that you cannot, you cannot have your self-worth come from anybody else but yourself. You absolutely cannot because then you are going to let it be fractured and affected by somebody who's so insecure and sad that they have to bully on the internet behind a wall. Those aren't people that I want. I don't care about their opinion. Like, I just, I simply don't because that's such like wussy behavior. <laughs> like, why would I just yeah. be so concerned? And also knowing that you're not going to be able to please everyone. Not everybody is going to like you. I think so often like it's easy to get, oh, like somebody unfollowed me or like my following dropped, but I've been trying to look at it like, okay, those aren't my people. Like I would rather have, I don't know, a hundred people who really give a shit about what I have to say and what I'm doing and engage with me mm -hmm. than a hundred thousand people who are just like, eh, I guess she's all right. Exactly. Yeah. A community is way better than having just followers. Like having an actual base of people who know you, understand you and want to support you is phenomenal. And so that's where I try to put most of my energy because when I make those like clapback videos, it's not to the person at all. It's not to that person because they're not going to watch it. Somebody who commented that saw the video, thought they were a comedian, even though I get paid to be funny, not them. But anyway, puts cow on cow and then scrolls about their day. And then the only other thing they're going to do is if they see that I made a video on that, they're going to delete it because now they're going to get backfire and they can handle that. I make those clapbacks for other women so that they realize 
this doesn't mean shit. A stranger calling me fat is not going to change who I am as a person. There's nothing wrong with my body the way it is. And it's just so funny that the men haven't caught on that I'm boss babing the shit out of them. Yeah. Yes. They're so insecure about themselves. That's all it oh, is. It's, like it's their bad. own insecurities. It real bad. What advice would you give someone who wants to start sharing online but is scared for xyz whatever reason i mean i think that the negative that's the biggest thing so when people find out that i do content they're always like how do you deal with the hate comments like oh my gosh that's probably the part i couldn't handle that's the part i couldn't deal with you have to understand that there are people who probably don't like you in real life too that say bad things about you it's comparable to hate comments but at the end of the day you're making money from it so is it really that bad that some people's negative comments, you can't let them affect you because they're just, that's just, you have to look at it from a lucrative perspective and you have to be so confident and secure in yourself so that those don't fracture your self-worth. I didn't post my body when I first started TikTok at all. I would either do like selfie mode or I would do like my POV. And then it's one day it just clicked in me because I was like, you know, when I grow up, I was really insecure about my apron tummy because I did. I was like a pretty skinny kid until 12 when I was supposed to get a period and I didn't. I got PCOS instead. And so I developed this really weird apron tummy that I didn't see any other 13-year-old built like me. And so I thought I was wrong. I hated my body. I tried to do all these weird diets and exercises as a freaking 14-year-old. And so I thought about that and I was like, why don't I be representation that I needed? Because there's nothing wrong with my body. I'm a brick shithouse. I can do all this cool stuff. Throw hay bales, throw feed sacks. Why not just show people so that they don't feel alone with their body? And then I just did. And yeah, insecure men call me fat. Son of a bitch. I didn't know I was. I This whole time I thought I was a Victoria's Secret model. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> what that does is there might be, you know, 10 men who see that and oh, you're fat, but there's 10,000 women who see that and go, no, that's a normal body doing something. And that makes me feel better in my own skin. And so I ride with those bitches all day. I don't give a shit about the men. I don't know if it's not abundantly clear by my content, but I don't do anything for the male gaze. <laughs> Nothing. Amen, sister girl. <laughs> <laughs> it's an important thing to remember is like, it can be easy to focus on those negative comments because they hurt more and then just overlook the overwhelming positive comments yeah. that you get, you know? Mm, exactly. You are being that role model that you needed and that so many people need. Yeah, exactly. And I care way more about that. And a big thing that I talked about on my podcast too was just that to fall into the category of letting men call me ugly and fat I'm continuing that stupid gender role of I'm only supposed to be a pretty thing to look at. I have no desire to only be that. Absolutely no desire. Nothing against Instagram models, hot bitches. I don't want to be what men BJ and their Ds to. Uh, that's not what I'm here to do on this planet. I am fully okay with taking a little bit of heat because I'm not being a pretty cute thing for them to look at because I actually have impact and I'm educated and I'm able to do all these other things. That was a big factor that kind of had to change my mindset too of like, when the hell did you ever want to be a pretty thing for men to look at, Lacey? And it's like, mm, never. Okay, well, then you're doing something right. <laughs> I love you. You're just great. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime I listen to your podcast, I feel like I'm sitting there with you. Like I you feel like a friend. I don't even know you, but <laughs> are the best of energy. I also I want to talk about sharing embarrassing stories because that is what we love to do over here. Last time we talked about embarrassing stories regarding first impressions. So I know you said you probably have some good ones to share. Oh, yeah. I put my foot in my mouth with a really big content creator one time. <laughs> Oh, please tell us every detail. Okay, so I'll give name. I mean, are you okay with me giving names? Because oh, I, 
okay, I have no shame. I'm not gonna be like this one influencer that I'll give names, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I have my own personal opinions of the Tratter gang, the Tratter house boys. I have nothing against them. Their content isn't for me. Their demographic is very young female because they're average looking white boys that girls infatuate and give too big of a head. I don't, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with it. And after I saw what they did with the Western community though, with like stuff with wanting to bring, oh, what's it called? Son of a bitch. It's the, it's the event that's only, it's the only event in the NFR that's not in the Thomas Mack. It's the something back. God bless. It's one of the events of the women and it's in, it's not in the Thomas Mack because they don't have time for it. They, were really advocating for it. And I immediately, I was like, okay, this I can get behind. And they have done a lot of things with other ad community things too. But in the beginning, they just annoyed me because I didn't understand the tratter calling it that and the baby voices. I never understood it. In the beginning, this was like two years ago, maybe. They had already gotten big though. Like Nick Luciano probably already had five, six million followers. (laughs) And Zach, the original Tratter boy with Blake, made a video talking about how the Tratter thing now made him cringe because he just thought it was really immature. And I always kind of respected that he stayed on the farm and was actually showing agriculture because that was the only tiff I had was these guys were like, we're Tratter gang, we're like this Western influencer, but they weren't influ- like they weren't doing anything in the community. Now I think they are. And I think that's great. I think they're doing a lot with the Western and rodeo and that's fantastic. But two years ago, I didn't see it. And so on that video of Zach, I commented and said, this is why you're the only one I can see stand. And Nick Luciano comments back to me and goes, that's unfortunate, Lacey, because I really like your content. Motherfucker had been following me and I didn't know. (laughs) Shit. Sorry. Oops. And I, 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 I meant what I said and said what I meant. I followed him back so I could DM him and I'm like, I'm sorry, but your content's just not for me. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not. Like I said, now, I think they do good stuff for the Western and rodeo community, and that's fantastic. But when they first started coming up, it was literally just them dressing up like Ken Cowboy and 16-year-old girls being like, that was the beginning. I need to find them right now because now I'm curious. We're old ladies over here at Lacey, so we don't know what the cool kids are into or following on the TikTok. Yeah, they, like I said, it was three, uh, oh, there's like guys that have, there's a couple guys that have come and gone, but originally it was this guy, Zach, and this guy, Blake. It was just funny because they both do, like, they both grew up on farms. I don't know if it's how many generations back, but they actually do, like, crop farming. One of them jokingly was like, I'm gonna play tratters, and they had, like, the fake John, like, the little John Deere tractors, and then the other guy stitched it because they look very very similar. Like they look like they could be brothers. And so then they were just joking, like, want to play Tratters? And they met up. It was a thing. Like I said, at first it was funny, but then I was like, the baby voice isn't doing it for me. But you know, I'm an, a grown adult. Then Nick came in and wanted to make it like a whole thing. And then they had like a influencer house for a little bit. And like I said, in the beginning, I wasn't riding with it. Now, I really respect that they've done stuff for the Western and rodeo community. And I really like, I have nothing against any of them. It was just at that time, I just did not mess with it because they get a lot of like brand deals and stuff and work with all these ag companies. And I'm like, I am a bitch out here in the ag community and I can't get these companies to want to work with me because I'm not hot. Because all the girls that a lot of these companies work with, hot, skinny bitches. And I am not that. So... That part annoys me. And so it was a lot of it was the green eyed monster. I was jealous two years ago of where they were versus where I was. And I had to grow up and learn from that. I had to compare differences and be like, you know what? You're doing okay. They're doing okay. We can coexist. It's fine. I've had to learn that along the way too. Mm -hmm. It's easy to get jealous of people, but we all have different journeys. And especially when they're young and hot and you're old. It, like, the biggest thing for me, <laughs> Elizabeth, I'm not far behind you guys. I'm going to be 28. 
the biggest thing I had to realize was I don't think content creators flex their like money, brand deals, all that on anybody else other than other creators. I think we're all just trying to be like, look how cool I am. Look how many brand deals I have. And that's why I just sit here like, guys, this is my childhood fucking bedroom. You see these turquoise walls? I made that decision at 16 and it's still here. <laughs> like that comparison game. Like I actually started unfollowing a lot of people who I guess I would say are in my competition mm-hmm. just because like it sucks because I want to support them and like comment on their content. But like Mentally, it was not doing me any favors because I was like, oh, well, they're doing this. Now I need to do this or look what they're doing or see how they're winning here. And I suck and I'm not doing that. And I have been unfollowing more and more of my essentially competition and started following more people that I genuinely just like have fun with. And mm-hmm. it's been a game changer for my mental health and for when it comes to creating content for myself. Absolutely. Because that's how like that, that's that's what I had the issue with that whole Trotter gang was a lot of it was just jealousy. And I had to realize that and be like, you know what, they can do their thing and exist. They have a platform. They've done it. Like, I'm not going to take that from them. Absolutely not. And especially now, like I said, love that they've been doing stuff with the Western community. Love that so much. You just got to do it for you. And like, that sounds so corny, but it really does affect and it shows when you're making content for you and what you enjoy and what you want to do. Yeah, I'd say if anybody listening has this inkling or something inside them to start sharing online or start a business, like just do it. It's not going to be in your heart or on your mind if it's not meant to come out and just start and then know like your goal, your plans, like everything can change along the way. Oh, absolutely. Something totally different and, and mean something different. 100%. What, you know, is your next big goal? Stand up. Yes. Wants to do stand up. Oh my gosh. Okay. You better do it so bad, but I'm so freaking scared. We will travel to Ohio or wherever this <laughs> happens. Front row seats. We'll bring a crew. I'm here for it. Yes. Absolutely. I'll be cheering. <laughs> Obviously, growth is something, but I don't really have like specific numbers that I have in mind. I just enjoy building a platform to be able to continue with uh, advocating, entertaining people, body positivity. I have decided this year, though, I said to myself that I want to make content really geared towards the loud, bossy, assertive girls because I was labeled all of those things. And you know what bossy girls do? They become a boss. (laughs) That's what they do. And you try to say that as such a negative quality because we're supposed to be quiet and obey and be in our little box and be pretty. Fuck that. No. Mm -mm. No, because if you take that loud and assertive and bossy energy and like actually put it towards something good, you're unstoppable. And that's what they wanted to keep you from the whole time because they just men would hate to be inferior to women. Mm -hmm. How how terrible would that be? That's exactly what I keep in mind. I have two little girls. So as I raise them, I'm like, girls, you're going to be fine. (laughs) You're going to be just fine. (laughs) I tell people, I'm like, if I have a daughter, you better watch the fuck out. Because that girl is going to know from day one that she's the shit and I'm going to make sure she stays that way. Being loud has kept me from getting stepped on in a lot of situations. Being bossy has made me learn how to run a business and be my own CEO. It's just crazy that we try to act like those are such bad qualities. But if a guy has those qualities, he's going to run the fucking country. 100%. That's fantastic for him. Good for him. But if a girl does the same thing, like I remember when I got fired, I got wrongfully fired back in 21. At the year anniversary, I was really proud of myself. And I made a video being like that awkward moment when you got fired a year ago, but now you make more money than the boss who fired you. So many guys were like, you're getting too cocky. You're getting too cocky about your money. And I'm like, bitch, if I had a dick, you'd be like, hell yeah, bro. You'd want me to have a freaking 10 step 
process of how I got here and make you pay so you could learn to help how to be a boss. Right. But because I don't, it's like you're being a little too cocky. And it's like, no, it's yeah. fine. It's like I literally thought my world was ending a year ago and I didn't know what I was going to do. And I figured it out. And I'm proud of that. And I could post about that and not be flaunting money just by simply being excited because people didn't realize that I wasn't making money from the Internet. I wasn't making hardly anything from TikTok yet or any money in general. It was all from my business that I built. <laughs> like, that's why I was proud. That's yeah. awesome. You got me inspired to just go be more of myself online than I've ever been. <laughs> it's been so fun listening to you. And I'm glad you came on and shared your story. Real quick, do you just want to share like all your social media handles? Let us know where people can find you and follow you. Lacey M. Evans, not Lacey Mevins. A lot of people think my last name is Mevins, uh, but Lacey with an IE. You can find it on Instagram and TikTok that way. Lacey Marie Evans on Facebook. Facebook and Instagram verified so you know which one's the right one. TikTok won't verify me because they're dumb. And my podcast is just the Feral Cow Bitch Podcast. Uh, you can find it on anywhere you listen. Well, thanks again. Thank you so much. This was fun. You Absolutely. Yeah. Go have a day. Go have a day. <laughs> me and my sister always say that. We say go have a day because we don't want to say have a good day. That just puts too much pressure on someone. Too much you pressure know? on it. Yeah. Just have a day. Yes. Just have a day. It's fine. Like, yeah. is it good? Bad? We don't know yet. It's going to be a day. But you have that day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Thank you. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us today. If you had as much fun as we did, would you do us a favor and share this episode with a friend? Speaking of friends, can we all be friends over on the Instagram? You can find me at at Mod Farm Chick. And me at Mrs. Green Pastures Cattle. See you next week, guys. <laughs>